You're listening to Portfolio Builders, a wealth cap holdings podcast about long-term wealth building and financial independence. Hey, everybody. This is Devin, your host for the Portfolio Builders podcast. Really excited to have you guys join us today and our super special guest, Bill Allen. Uh, Bill, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and let everybody know a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, and then we'll get into our, our subject for today, which is going to be talking all about using uh, retirement accounts to fund real estate deals and all the different ways that can be done. Yeah, cool. Uh, so my name is Bill Allen, and I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm just south of Nashville, actually, in uh, Spring Hill. I was, uh, my background is in the military. So I was an engineer, background in the military. I have, was a military pilot, flew helicopters and airplanes for the Navy, uh, active duty for f- almost 15 years, and I'm still a reservist. I still go down to Pensacola and fly part-time. So that's kind of like where I started. started buying rental houses myself. I'd move around, buy a rental house, and then move into another one, um, move out, rent it out, and I moved 15 times in 18 years. So oh, wow. A lot of different moves. Uh, sometimes I was in a place for nine months. Sometimes it was, you know, a year and a half, two years. But I was always kind of bouncing around with the government. So uh, that's how I got started in real estate. I was a stock investor. And uh, before that, I knew nothing about real estate. It, uh, I just was always told that I'll just save up my money with my IRAs and 401ks and all that stuff too and be a millionaire one day. Like that'll come down the road. So I uh, got into real estate and started flipping and wholesaling houses. So that's what I do full time now. I have a company that uh, we do, uh, we do almost like $3 million last year in gross profits. So before expenses, and we did like 165, 170 deals, something like that um, around the Southeast. So we're in Nashville, Chattanooga, Pensacola, Florida. Uh, we just, we do a little bit in Huntsville, Alabama, a little bit in Kentucky. We've done some deals in Atlanta and, and some Birmingham, some different areas of the Southeast now. Um, Let's see. That's, that's pretty much it. I also uh, like own and run a mastermind group for flippers and wholesalers. And so I bought that company. I was a member of that company for like four years. And then I bought it from the previous owner about a year ago, a little over a year ago. So that's where I spend most of my time. My COO runs my real estate company. I only spend about two hours a week in that business. And I spend a lot of time kind of creating content, podcasts, trainings, things like that now. So uh, that's my background. I, I personally have invested a lot of money into my IRA and 401k. It's almost all self-directed. I, I barely have any money in the stock market right now. And I've also helped a lot of other investors figure out how to unlock their IRA and 401k and move it over to the real estate platform in a self-directed account. So um, that's uh, where I spend a lot of my time is educating people on how to do that. Because once you so- show somebody how they can move their money over, they, they move it all over. They get really excited because the returns can be really big and the tax benefits are massive. So that's awesome. And that's exactly what I, what I want to dive, dive into today. So take the wheel and kind of educate us all the different ways that people can do that and um, some, of the, some of the tips to like get started. Well, let's, let's start with uh, like I'm an investor and I want to use my IRA or 401k and it's in the stock market right now or it's somewhere else. And I want to figure out how how to use it because I know that I can't take it out without a penalty. I have to pay taxes on it, all that stuff. And so, um, so let's start there and then we can go move over to, Hey, I want to raise money with other people's money and figure out how to blow up my business. Cause that's really cool too. So okay. in the beginning, like for me, I I'm always the kind of guy who wants to try to do it myself and then I'll kind of teach it or show somebody else how to do it. For some reason, I, I had that problem. I don't have it as much as, as I, as I used to, but I, I wanted, it took me a long time to even realize that self-directed accounts are safe. 
um, because it just, it's outside the norm, right? Uh, a lot of people may be listening to this or they're just like, I never even heard of this. I didn't know you could put your IRA into real estate. And um, so what you have to realize is this is possible. There's uh, the Wall Street uh, stockbrokers and, and companies spend a lot of money to educate you from when you're a young age that this is the only way to put your IRA in 401k. And most companies, they don't have an option to, to invest your 401k anywhere but the stock market, right? You have very specific places that you have to put your money when you're working there. So I moved my money over to a self-directed account and started using it. And when I did that, I learned the process behind it and I, I saw what it, it could do. And then I've blown it up uh, really big um, in the past few years with a couple deals that I've done. So, and if you have a Roth account, all this stuff is going to grow tax-free. And you, so you can build up a, a really big portfolio, whether it's buying a business potentially or investing in real estate inside of a 401k or IRA. So very simply put, what you need to do is there's a custodian. So there's a custodian that controls your IRA or 401k when it's self-directed. Mm -hmm. So typically, if you think of like Vanguard or Schwab or some of these companies that they, they're, the, they're the custodian effectively of your, the brokerage account that you invest into the stock market. Stock market is, the, is a vehicle. They're kind of like the custodian of your IRA and 401k. They're the third party that, that moves your money through there. In real estate, you have a custodian and there's a lot of IRA custodians out there. And what, so what you do is you contact them, you can set up an account. So you typically, there's an application fee or something like that. And then you just do a, a transfer. So you just do a balance transfer from your stocks over to a self-directed account. And if you think of that kind of like a bank account at that point, it's a IRA, it's over here. And mm -hmm. now I have to, I, I'm self-directing it to assets that are allowed to be invested in inside of an IRA or 401k, inside of a retirement account effectively. So a, what can you invest in the IRA? A rental house, you can do hard money loans, you can do notes, mortgages. Um, you, can, you can be a partner, uh, partner in a syndication, in an apartment building. Um, you can owner finance, seller finance deals. You can do all kinds of things inside of this IRA and 401k. Um, now, I, I'm going to caveat all this to say I'm not an IRA attorney. I'm not a CPA or any of that stuff. So right. I don't have any like training inside of there. I'm not giving you like legal or, or, or uh, financial advice, but I'll talk about what I do inside of my IRA. And there's a couple gotchas in there uh, to be okay. careful of that I'll share, but everybody's situation is a little bit different. So if I, if I share something that I've done, yours might be a little bit different, but that's what is cool about the custodian and other people that you can talk to. They can give you advice. Now, they're not going to give you legal advice on what you should and shouldn't do, but they're going to keep you safe. They're going to look at your paperwork. They're going to make sure all that stuff is done. Um, you, you're not doing a deal with your uh, spouse or your, uh, or your father or your son um, on all the prohibited transactions. They're going to look at some of that stuff and keep you safe. So set up an account. You do a, a, um, a transfer from your IRA over to it, like your IRA in the stock market over to your um, self-directed IRA. Okay. And then you can start making an investment. So basically what I have to do is I have to put in a transfer form. My custodian calls up, the, calls up Vanguard and says, hey, I've got this form here. This guy, Bill, he, he's got an account with you. Here's his account number. Here's all of his information. He wants to transfer this to our company. And they do all the work. Like they do all the legwork, they set it all up, they go get my money, um, I sell my stocks, I have it in the account, and they transfer it over. And from then, it goes into another account, and one thing that I will say is if you're working with a custodian, make sure that their banks are FDIC insured. So most of them are, but they'll insure your money up to $500,000. Okay. 
and then it's in their bank account and you're basically directing it where you want it to go. So if there's a lot of people that own uh, rental real estate in here, you can buy a rental inside of your IRA. Now the gotchas there are you can't take the cash flow from your IRA and put it in your pocket and in your bank account. It's got to go back to the IRA. So everything goes back to the IRA. Oh, gotcha. So that's a couple of things for, but think about this. If you, maybe you are investing in a, maybe you're investing in a rental property and you're buying it at a significant discount and you're fine with not having cash flow because you make really good W2 money right now and you just want to blow up your IRA. So now all the money, all the cash flows goes back into the IRA. You can sell that property, not have to pay any capital gains tax or anything like that. And maybe you make 30,000, 50,000, $100,000 into the IRA and it all goes in there tax-free in the future and then you can go buy the next deal. Um, same thing if you think about you're writing a mortgage or a note for somebody at two points and 12% interest. So I do a lot of loans out of my IRA. Um, I try to do a lot of the active investing, the high, um, uh, like the high tax type activity that I do in real estate inside of my IRA, or if I'm going to really blow up the value of it. So like mm -hmm. if I'm doing an apartment building where I'm putting, you know, two, $300,000 into it and I can, I can fix it up and sell it to make a million dollars that can go back into the Roth and really blow that thing up. So those are some of the, uh, th th there's a couple, as far as a, a landlord and a rental investor, um, there's some things that you're not going to get. So you have to think about the fact that you are going to get all the tax benefits inside the IRA, mm -hmm. but what you're not going to get is you're not going to get the depreciation that you like right now. So gotcha. that's one thing that's not going to happen inside the IRA. So that's, the, that's where the IRS gets you, right? So a lot of people are interested in, like as a rental investor, it might not be the smartest thing to do to use your IRA for that. You might want to use it for something else. The other thing that you can't do as a rental investor uh, is you can't do any of the work on your house yourself. So you, oh. can't, you can't add value to the IRA. So think about it. Let's think about like an IRA right now, you could put $6,000 a year in there. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it this way, inside of this house that you buy, and same thing with a fix and flip, same thing with the apartment building. It has to be a passive investment. So if you think of it like uh, the stock market is mm -hmm. a passive, you're not, you're, not, you're not working for the company that you're investing in the stock typically. Same thing here. You're not swinging the hammers. And so when, when you do that, let's say I, I paint my, my rental house that's owned by my IRA. If I paint that house, I'm making a contribution to my IRA by not paying somebody to paint the house. I'm making, a, the, the IRS looks at it like a contribution that I made to that IRA. Wow. And so you could like the $6,000 I put in there and then, oh yeah, by the way, I also painted my house. I also did all the tile. I also did all this, you know, I did the roof and I, and then I was a realtor on it and I sold it. So you have to pay for all that stuff and you have to document it. It has to be very clear. So um, there's a lot of, I know a lot of big time rental real estate investors that have huge portfolios and a lot of their stuff is inside their IRA and they have been able to blow up their IRA really big and mm -hmm. then just buy a bunch of assets in there, but they understand that those, those are owned by the IRA. So if it's owned by the IRA, you can't physically do a lot of that work. You shouldn't be managing it. It's the company that you own can't be managing it and things like that. So there's a, there's a couple gotchas on the rental side. Um, for the stuff that I do, like loans and investing in other people's syndications and things like that, I just give them the money. I'm not involved. Um, the loan business. Um, so I, I actually have to, underwrite the loan. I have to write the loan and do all that stuff. So I am actually putting, you can put some of that work in. So like if you're self-managing a property, you could argue that like 
it's okay to self-manage your one or two real estate um, houses that you have there owned by the IRA. So there are some, there's like some gray area and wiggle room in there, but those are some of the gotchas from a rental investor. Like if I was, if you're working on your own houses, don't buy them inside your IRA. If you, uh, if you love the depreciation and the cash flow and you want to put it in your bank, uh, bank account and get the depreciation on your taxes right now, don't, don't invest with your IRA doing that. Um, so there's a couple things that you're going to lose, like all the stuff that you love about a rental property. Just remember, everything's got to go back to the IRA. Don't get caught, you know, dipping your money in the honey pot there and taking out some cash flow. Gotcha. Wow. I, I would have had no idea, like the rules about not working, not working on the property. Um, that's fascinating. So all of that makes perfect sense to me, especially for maybe younger people who are really just trying to build that nest egg for the future. What would you say about folks that are, maybe they're approaching retirement age, maybe they have a 401k that they've had for a long, long time. Like what are some of the ways that they could use those funds to invest in real estate, like minimizing penalties and maximizing what they can do with those funds? Well, if you're getting close to retirement age and close to the point where you can actually start taking some distributions from your IRA and you plan on it, then a rental house wouldn't be a horrible decision for you because you can actually get a rental house in the IRA, let it cash flow, and that cash flow can actually come into your bank account then if you're in retirement age and in the time where you can actually start taking distributions from the IRA. Um, what I find with the younger folks, what I try to do with them, like, so, I, so I talk to a lot of other investors that want to use their IRA to invest with my flipping company or in some of the apartment deals that we do and stuff like that, the syndications. And mm -hmm. so depending on where they are in their, in their journey, some really cool things that you can do is when you're young, what you want to do is you want to build up your net worth and blow up your IRA, right? Sure. And when you're older, you're looking to figure out how I can pull some money out while still maintaining the size of my IRA or potentially growing it while I actually take distributions out. So in order to do that, you want to look at what your return is going to be. So just try to get those high returns. Like one, a great way to do it is to work with other real estate investors who are doing the active work. They're going out and finding the deals and flipping or or buying apartment buildings or things like that. Like look at what that looks like and what the returns that you're going to get are. And if you can see 12, like I, I write loans right now at two points and 12%, uh, sometimes two points and 15% interest. And oh, wow. or I also do a lot of times transactional funding where a wholesaler will buy a, buy a contract and then they're flipping that contract to another investor and they're making like 20 or 30,000, but they, they're going to, they want to double close on it. So they need the purchase money, but they only need it for an hour. So I'll right. charge them like one and a half percent interest. So for, let's, let's say I do a $500,000 transactional loan where they only have it for an hour. Um, I'm making like seven, $7,7,500 on that deal in one hour. And so that's a lot of what I, I might do inside my IRA to get that quick amount of money in there because it's just sitting there. And so if I can become a lender or, um, or invest in, in some of these other like hard money type loans, it's mm -hmm. a great way to go. Um, now, my recommendation is you find an operator who's really, really good and you invest in the person, not always the, necessarily the deal. I've been burned a couple times on some lending uh, deals like that. So as you get older, you just have to look at like, what do you want to do with this IRA? You know, are, are you looking to double it? Because typically in our syndication deals in seven to 10 years, we're more than doubling people's money by investing in apartment building. So you can put a $100,000 in there 
uh, if you're five years from retirement and projected in seven to 10 years, you'll get cash flow into the IRA every year. But overall, you're going to more than double your money in seven years when we exit that property. And you can be completely passive and do so in, inside of an IRA. So a lot of people have money in their IRA and 401k, and they don't necessarily have a ton of money in their bank account. And uh, you can really kind of blow those things up by uh, picking the right deal and investing with the right person. That's awesome. I, okay, so here's a question that hopefully I'm not putting you on the spot. I heard, so it's a rumor. I heard that right now people um, can, they can take from their retirement funds with no penalty because of everything that's going on with the pandemic, blah, blah, blah. Do you know anything about that? Is that a, is that a rumor? Is it true? No, it's true. Do you have any idea? Okay. So So how, how would that work? Yeah. So, so it's always been the case that you could take a loan from your 401k and let's, let's just start over from the beginning. If you have a Roth IRA, you can take all of your money out of your Roth IRA without penalty, all the money that you put into it. So if you've invested, if your basis of your Roth IRA, let's say as an example, you have $200,000 in a Roth IRA and your basis was $150,000. So over the past, you know, I don't know, 10 years, you've put in 150, actually that's not even possible. It have to be like 20 years. You put in $150,000 over time. You can take all that money out penalty free. You've already paid taxes on it. And so, but the gains are what you get taxed on and the 10% penalty. So most people don't realize that a Roth IRA is a great place to have an emergency fund. Um, but when you take it out, you can never put it back in. Okay. So, so most younger folks, when Roth IRAs, if we got older people that are listening to the call, a Roth IRA wasn't really a thing when they got started investing in their retirement funds. So they probably have traditional accounts. And if we have enough time, we can talk about some creative strategies to convert from traditional to Roth, but Mm -hmm. your Roth IRA, you can take that money out, but realize you're never getting it back in. So I always highly recommend people don't tap into that if they don't have to. But that's a great place. If you get into an emergency, you can grab some of that money and go use it if you have a Roth IRA. So don't forget that. The next, the next point is I get people all the time that say, I, don't, I can't invest in a Roth IRA because I make too much money. And that is absolutely false. Like the highest paid, richest people, I make quite a bit of money and I can invest in my Roth IRA. Now, I have to do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA I would encourage anybody that's listening to this, just Google it. There's so much training out there. You basically just fund a traditional IRA and immediately roll it over into a Roth IRA. And there okay. you go. So I put 6,000 into a traditional IRA in Vanguard. I convert it to a Roth. I have to pay the taxes on it. I don't get to write off the taxes. And then I move it over to my self-directed account. So those are two things that I want to cover before we move on. So now you ask me, can you take money out of your retirement accounts? And these are 401ks that they're talking about. And you can always take a loan out of your 401k, which is half of the balance or $50,000, whichever is uh, less. So if you have $80,000 in a 401k, you could take a loan of 40,000. If you have a hundred or more, you could take a loan of 50,000. So that's always been the case. You have to pay back that loan. There's certain payback uh, criteria and things like that. So I did that when I got started. I took a loan out of my 401k for 50,000. I started, used that to purchase my first, uh, made the down payment, got a loan from a family member to flip my first house. So that was a creative way that I was able to use my 401k in the military. And so the, that right now the CARES Act talks about, you can take $100,000 out of your IRA and you have to have been affected by COVID. So, um, this is so like loosely What's defined. What's the definition right of that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
So there's a lot of people that are, that are using this very, like, very fast and loose with this right now. People are taking their money out. They're doing different things with it. Um, I, I recommend, like, I, I don't necessarily want to put my, uh, like, what my feelings out on all of this, but I, I'm, not, I'm not doing any of that stuff. Like, I, if you had COVID, you have, like, a family member had it, you're seeing some difficulties, um, like, some of those things, sure. Um, now, you could read in lots of gray areas. I have no idea the capacity that everybody has to go after us for idle loans, um, the, these, this CARE Act stuff. The, um, uh, there's a whole bunch of things that, that there's a lot of creative strategies that are involved in that CARES Act right now that, um, that you could use. So not just the Paycheck Protection Program or the idle program, but there's, um, there's things in there about sick leave and, uh, and family pay and all kinds of stuff that you could really get creative and milk the system for a lot of money. Um, so I, I, would, I would talk to your like, tax pro, talk to somebody that you know about this and talk about your situation. Like uh, you could get creative and pull some money out of your 401k, um, but it, it is supposed to go back in there at some point, you know? So um, just kind of think about it. If uh, there's other creative ways to use your IRA and 401k for the same means that you want to use it right now, the only people that I see that might potentially want to do this are the folks that have, they currently work with their employer. It's an employer-sponsored 401k plan, and they don't want it in that employer-sponsored 401k plan. They want to take it and use it in real estate. And you can't, the, a couple of the gotchas that we haven't covered yet is if you have an employer-sponsored 401k plan and you still work for that employer, you cannot roll that 401k over into a self-directed 401k or, or self-directed IRA. So what you have to do is you have to leave that job or they have to allow a rollover into another plan that's not managed by them, which is very rare for a big company. So um, typically when you have an employer-sponsored 401k plan, mm -hmm. then they, you have to invest in that employer-sponsored 401k plan. And when you, get, when you leave that job or if you rolled over any money from another plan into that one, then you can move that stuff out. But all the stuff that you put in there while you were there it needs to stay there. So there's a lot of gotchas with this stuff. It's kind of hard to talk like specifics um, mm -hmm. because everybody's different. Everybody has a traditional 401k, a Roth 401k. They left their job or they still work there. Or um, So every time I talk to somebody about this, it's like, we just need to hop on a quick call and tell me, tell me what your situation is. Tell me what your goals are. And then I can figure out how I can uh, determine like the right place to put your money inside of one of my companies. Because- okay. Sometimes I'm like, hey, sorry, you still work for Johnson & Johnson? Like, you got to wait till you retire, till you quit, something. Like, I had all this money in a um, uh, TSP, Thrift Savings Plan, as the military 401k. And okay. when, I, when I converted from active duty to reserves, I had like a two-day window that I was able to roll all my money. I had $220,000. I was able to roll it out into a, a self-directed uh, 401k plan or self-directed IRA. Mm -hmm. And I did it right away. I was like, I was planning for it. I researched it all. And then the second that that button went active, I was like, okay, get it out of there and move it over here. And that allowed me to, to grow my retirement fund a ton in the past three years. Wow. So, okay. I have one question um, from the audience so far. Is there anything that can be done with a 401k account from a former employee, employer real estate wise? So if they're no longer working yep. for the company, can they roll that into a self-directed IRA? Absolutely. That's, a perfect, that's the perfect type of funds to roll over to a self-directed IRA. 
And so what you need to do is just reach out to a custodian, set up an account, tell them what you got, give them some of the plan documents, uh, like the balance sheet, financial, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, you can roll it over into self-directed IRA. If it's traditional or Roth, you can roll it over. Um, and that's, that's what I would do. So that's what I do with a lot of people's uh, funds that come to us and want to invest. We just roll it over into, um, into an IRA, typically. And there's benefits with uh, IRAs versus 401ks. So okay. you can't actually roll it into a 401k unless you set up a self-directed 401k yourself. And that might be the next place that we should go um, because there's some really cool things that you can do inside of a, a solo 401k um, or a mega Roth, people call it. It's really cool. You can put $56,000 in there a year. So, Well, let's um, go there. Like. Yeah, so, so to answer that question, yes, you can. Just reach out to a custodian. Tell them, I've got this previous plan. I want to roll over into self-directed IRA. They'll help you with it. They'll set up all the paperwork, do all that stuff. If you've got the account documents, you can do it. So, okay, let's talk about this because this is really cool. This like blew my mind. So uh, $19,000, this is the max that you can put into a 401k for uh, right now per year. So if you're with an employer-sponsored plan, uh, your employer might match some of that, but your portion, the employee portion, $19,000. Well, if you run a real estate business and you're a real estate professional and you can say that I have this company, right? And you don't have any other employees. It could be you and your spouse. It could potentially be you and a business partner that set this up. But you can set up a solo 401k. So you can look, look up information at, about this. Um, but you can, you can put in the 19000 from the employee portion, which it can go into a Roth or a traditional. And then you can put in an employer match. So you can actually match. So you can, you can match an amount that goes into that. So you can put in up to, uh, I want to say it's $37,000 match. So I actually put $56,000 a year into a retirement plan. So I put $37,000 into a traditional plan that's matches from my company, which is a write-off for my company. Okay. And then I put $19,000 Roth in mine. And then if my spouse worked for the company too, and she got paid enough money, she could actually put $56,000 in there too. Oh, wow. So now we're at $112,000. And then we could each put $6,000 into our Roth IRA, which is another $12,000. So what are we at? $124,000. So about $125,000 we can put into retirement accounts each year. So there, there are a couple things that you might have to do. So we, I actually have to pay myself like a $140,000 W-2 to be able to match that much. So it's 25% of your W-2 that the company can match and a couple, but it's amazing. The past few years, I, I max out my 401k every year. And that's how, um, that's how the really rich people can grow a bunch of like IRAs to millions of dollars. So when you see these, um, and there's, there's a couple other ways like buying and selling businesses and stuff like that, but um, you can get a lot of money inside of these 401ks. So that, that once you start hiring employees, so if you have some employees in the business and um, let's see, it gets, it gets a little bit, I, I'm, we're going pretty deep here, but so I like let's it. Say I, keep going, keep going. Okay, I got $56,000 in my IRA, right? I have a company. Now here's what a lot of people say. So I, I run a company right now called Blackjack Real Estate. It's my flipping business. We have, uh, I got like 20 employees. So what I tried to do was I tried to set up another business that didn't have any employees except for me. Mm -hmm. And I want to do a solo 401k there, but I don't want to do a solo 401k over here, right? In this business. Well, it doesn't work that way. I own all of these businesses. So the second that you have businesses that you own that have W-2 employees, you no longer can be uh, 
run a solo 401k. Now, if you have all 1099 contractors, you could still do that. But obviously, you need to be careful with hiring contractors when they're really employees. So look at that. So once I, once I started hiring employees, I moved to what's called a safe harbor 401k. So a safe harbor 401k is like, I have a company 401k plan now that I can still, I can still get, put my $56,000 in, but I have to start matching other people's uh, inputs in, in their 401k. But I can set it up where it might take them a In my company, it takes you a year to have the opportunity to invest in your 401k. And then I have, whether you, whether you put money in or not, I have to put money in for you. So it's a small percentage. It's like 4% of what you get paid. Uh, yeah, I think it's four. And so I put that in. Now you have to stay with the company a few years before you even actually get to take that money with you. So if they quit after a year, that money comes back to us. It's not a big deal. If they stay gotcha. with us for five years, it becomes theirs to take with them. So there's, there's a couple of uh, fees and things like that, but I still now can invest $56,000 a year into mine. And when my wife was working for the company, I was able to put her on payroll to like twenty twenty five thousand dollars $25,000 a year to do some administrative work, some marketing and stuff for us. And mm-hmm. so I could, I could pay her 20, she could put eight at the time. This year it would have been 19,000 into a uh, 401k. And then the company could also match 19,000. So she, we were able to get a lot of money into our IRAs and 401ks over those few years that we were both working for the company. So you can blow the thing up really big. So a lot of people say like, ah, I can only get $6,000 into my IRA. I can only get 18, five, 19,000 into my 401k. It just doesn't seem like enough money to, to do that. And these are ways that you can really, you know, supercharge these things and, uh, and blow them up fast. So why do you think more people don't know about all those different ways? Is it, it's, it's just, it's just not mainstream. Like there's not a lot of people that are, are, necessarily teaching like how to do this right and how to do it effectively from a tax standpoint. And there's a lot of, it's, it's, it's hard. Like I'm even trying to fit this into like an hour conversation. Right. And there's so many different places that we could go. Um, I mean, there's, there's things called SEP IRAs and we haven't even gotten into health savings accounts and Coverdale accounts for your kids and all kinds of crazy creative stuff that can be done inside of retirement accounts and, and these tax advantaged accounts and it's just, it's, it's really difficult to keep up with it and it changes a lot. Um, so I think people get overwhelmed by it. I think there's, it's just not very clear. I mean, even in this, I feel like I'm bouncing around a lot of places and potentially confusing some folks, uh, even though nobody's really, I have no direct feedback of anybody, but it's, it can be, it can be confusing. And I don't think anybody really lays it out that, that clearly and that obvious, but if you go to a custodian, they can definitely help you with a lot of this stuff. Like the only reason I know all this is because I spent a lot of time researching it. I, there's a lot of professionals out there that teach some of this stuff. I've gone to conferences um, because I want to understand how I can help other people. Because if I help them self-direct their IRAs and 401ks, then they're going to invest with me and my company. I mean, I, I've raised between uh, over $10 million in the past few years and primarily from other people's retirement accounts to invest in you know, some of my deals, whether it's single family or multifamily deals that we've done. And uh, my ability to raise money has uh, brought me into a lot of opportunities and deals where other people couldn't raise money. And so when I can show up with investors that have you know, 500,000, a million dollars, and I can fund their projects, then I get cut in on the equity side of that business and that deal. So this is a skill that you need to understand and learn if you wanna be the connector. And that's kind of what I look at. I'm kind of like the connector in, in all this stuff. Right on. So I'm curious, 
you mentioned earlier how you had done some like private money loans out of your retirement account funds. How did that start? Like, how did you, how did you start doing that? So, and like legally, if somebody wanted to do that, what steps would they, would they need to take? Yeah. So um, let's before. Okay. So when you have a retirement account, an IRA and 401k, Mm-hmm. The custodians typically charge per deal that you do. So um, they charge, like the one that I'm with, there, there's a balance. You could get charged an annual. So if you have a certain amount of money in there, there'll be an annual charge or you get charged per transaction. So a lot of people don't do a ton of transactions out of their IRA. So it's like $295 a year for, per transaction. Now, if you were writing like 10 loans a month or three loans a month, like these transactional loans that I'm talking about, you could rack up fees really high. And so typically those people might pay the, the annual fee of that and just make a bunch of money in there. Um, the other way to go is a checkbook IRA. So I only recommend this to people who, who understand the ins and outs of prohibited and non-prohibited transactions, what you can and can't do, because nobody's protecting you inside of a checkbook IRA. And so the custodian is designed to protect you. So they, the reason they charge $295 it's because they look over all the paperwork, they make sure that it's named properly, that the, they do the accounting, it's all on their sheet and everything, and their mon- the, they wire the money out and the wire comes, money comes back to them. It never goes through your bank account. Now, a checkbook IRA is when you create an LLC. It's also called an IRA LLC. So IRA LLC is synonymous with checkbook IRA. Okay. You create a bank account, business bank account. It's owned by the IRA, and you are the, like, the trustee on that. Same, same way that I do my 401k. So I'm responsible for every transaction that goes in and out. I'm responsible for the bookkeeping. I'm responsible to make sure that the money goes into that account, comes out of that account. If the IRS audits me, they come to me. They don't go to the custodian. And all I do is pay $295 fee to the custodian per year because this one asset that's owned by the IRA is this LLC. And then I move money in and out of this thing all the time. Like right now, my CFO, she just wired money today. We did a loan for $240,000 out it goes and it's going to come back with interest and points paid in a couple months. So I'm responsible for it. And I tell that story because the really sophisticated investor who wants to start doing loans and doing a bunch of deals is probably the best way. Because if you go to a trustee sale or an auction, mm-hmm. if, if you, if you work with a custodian, you can't get a check that day. Like it's going to take them three, four five days to get you your money. Like it's got to be more of a traditional sale for me. I can wire you money today. I can write a check right now out of my IRA and sign it. I can, uh, I can, go, to, I can go there with a money, uh, a money order, uh, what do you call it, a cashier's check to mm-hmm. an, an auction tomorrow and say, here's my million dollar cashier's check. Uh, I'm ready to buy some houses. So you can't do that inside of your IRA when the custodian has it. There's, a, there's time that they have to review the paperwork, do the approval, send the wire, all that stuff. So this, I set this up because I wanted to move fast. Like if you call me and you say, hey, I need a half million dollars to double close this deal tomorrow. I'll give you two points and make $10,000 in five minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I can do it. I'll say, yep, done. I can do it. I can decide to do it in my IRA or do it in my personal account and pay taxes on it. So I say that because I was doing loans. Uh, I did, I started doing an occasional loan out of my personal account mm-hmm. and before I started moving money over to my IRA. So I had some money. Um, I, I've always been a saver. So I started, that's how I kind of got the, the, um, the rental, properties. And then I started doing a couple small loans. I was like, man, I'm making some pretty good money here. Um, let me figure out how to do more of this. And so we kind of, we kind of built a little bit of a, 
I don't do a ton of loans, but inside of my mastermind group, I have people that need money all the time. So it's just, it's, it's very easy. I already know them. Uh, I, they, they're paying on time inside of our mastermind group. They're in good standing. I know that they have a successful business. And so I, I, I got an email from a guy who was a referral from somebody else today. I've never, I've never done a loan to somebody I, I didn't really know and have a relationship before. Um, because I really invest in the people. It's not somebody who like reaches out to me cold, even a referral. I'm going to tell them no. Like I'm just, I'm just not interested because I have been burned in the past. I, I have uh, lost some money. I had a deal where I lost $12,000 on a, on a mortgage note that I did. Um, I overfunded the deal. It was, a, it was a mistake early on in my career. Didn't know the people that well and uh, lost some money. So there, I mean, talk about money, making money, but there's plenty of times where it's been a bad deal. So I got started just doing loans. I would just, I wrote a loan, figured it out. And um, I'll always recommend people, if you're loaning money, get yourself a first mortgage position or a deed of trust on it and, uh, and make sure you underwrite the property, but underwrite the person harder. Like really pick the person that you're going to invest in uh, because you're going to be you know, tied to that person for a while. And uh, you want to make sure that that's a success, successful relationship. Um, so that's kind of how I got into loans. I just did a couple. And, uh, as I started making more and more money, I don't want my money sitting in my bank account. Like, I just don't want it sitting there making no money. I want right. it out. I want my soldiers out working. Yeah. And so absolutely. Now, now my CFO and, and I, we sit down once a week and we say, okay, where, where's the loans? How much money do we have? Um, what do we have coming up? Where, how can we get this money to work? And I'll just make a post inside of my Facebook group and say, Hey, I got some money at two and 12 who wants it. And next thing I know, I just, I got rid of a million dollars in like uh, 10 minutes the other day. And it was, uh, it was fast. It's just like, boom, boom, boom. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. And um, uh, that was, it was pretty good. Wow. That's awesome. Like I'm going to have to re <clears throat> rewatch this video three or four times uh, and take notes. I told you before we jumped on that, like, I'm pretty ignorant about all things 401k and IRA. Um, I've never in, I've always been self-employed. So I've never had any kind of employer paid 401k program. Um, but an example that comes to mind is a family member of mine is they've recently retired. They contributed to a four and keep in mind, I'm ignorant. So I don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they contributed to a 401k for, you know, probably 40 years. Um, and he asked me the other day, should I take this money and invest it in real estate? And I just said, yes, you know, because real estate is really all that I understand as far as investments go. So if somebody were in that scenario, they're at retirement age, they've got this nest egg that they've built up for years. Are there any um, gotchas that they should look out for or what suggestions would you have for somebody in that position? They're probably looking for something passive. They're probably not going to want to fix and flip in their mid sixties. I assume what advice would you have for somebody in that situation? Well, so if you, you've got the skill set, and they're coming to you because you're a real estate investor, right? Mm -hmm. And they're saying, should I invest in real estate? And what they're saying is what, what you should be turning that conversation into is this person probably has a million dollars that they don't know what to do with that they don't mm -hmm. want to invest in the stock market and they want some sort of return on. So that conversation should turn to cha-ching. I got somebody who's interested in bringing a million dollars to my business. How can I utilize it with them becoming my lender? Because they want to be passive. They don't want to do the work. They don't want to get called by the, 
the tenants and the toilets overflowing and the hammers need to be, so they don't want to do all that stuff. They want to give somebody their money and make some percentage return on it. So what I tell them is, okay, well, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to, and now, keep in mind, I'm always listening for somebody who has money, who doesn't know what to do with it, who wants to make a return on it. And so then I want to find out what kind of return do you want to make? What, how long do you want this money to work? How much money do you have? What, what do you want to do? And the conversation goes to, and if they say like, I want to fix and flip a house, then I'll say, okay, well, let me show you how you might be able to do that. Or they might say, I want to own rentals. Like I want to be a landlord. But usually they don't. They just want to figure out how to make a better return and it's sitting in their bank account or the ups and downs of the stock market. The stock market just got crushed like yeah. 33% and then it went back up again. And so like people are feeling like completely uncomfortable with it and they should mm -hmm. be like it's sitting right now. The stock market is sitting on some like on sand foundation. Like I have no idea how it's propped up as high as it is. And I mean, that could be a whole nother hour, but the yeah. fact that right now, like I, when it was down 30, 30 some percent, I wasn't going to my friends and family and all my lenders and saying, sell your stocks and put more money with us. I was saying, Hey, how do you feel right now? Like this sucks. Like I feel horrible. And yeah. now that it's come back up, it's like, I just sent another email out the other day and that's how I was able to raise 1.2 million in an hour on a, on a call with a couple of my lenders is they, they all said, it's time to pull the plug. I want to get out. Let's move it over. You've done really mm -hmm. well with the money that you have right now. Let's jump into this deal. I had a deal that I needed 900,000 for. We raised 1.2 million. I have 300,000 extra dollars that I got to figure out where to put in other deals now. So I'll say that conversation should turn to becoming one of your lenders. Like the most powerful thing of the self-directed IRA is not always what you can do with yours, but it's how you can help other people make money and it become a win-win for mm -hmm. you and them. So as a rental investor, like how awesome would it be if you didn't have to go to a bank to get a bunch of loans? Like how great would it be if you had a million dollar line of credit from your uncle that just retired who wants to make 6% on his money that's attached to real estate and he doesn't have to do anything and he can gotcha. get a check every month? Like, okay, I'll take that and I'll, now I can buy houses without using the bank. I don't have to put any down payment down. I can use 100% of their money for the purchase, 100% of their money for the rehab. And they bring all the capital to the deal. Like we don't put money in our deals. I don't put money in my deals anymore. Other people's money is there. And some, sometimes these people are making, I, I'll use an example. I got a text message from my cousin. She lost her job. She's a high paying attorney in Washington DC, lost her job right now. And she's like, hey, I've got all this money sitting in my bank account. Are you still taking investors? And I was like, well, let's jump on a call and just figure out what you want to do. She's like, well, I'll tell you what I want to do. I don't want my money sitting in this low yield savings account right now, making me nothing while I'm not getting paid. Right. Like, can I just give it to you and you give me a 5% interest rate and you pay me monthly so I can just make some money off of it? It's like, it's just sitting there. So you just, if you find out their motivation and don't assume the return that they want, because we want big returns, right? We're used to like 12%, 15%, 18%. Like I want 20% return on my money. Sometimes I, there's a, there's a, there's a book that I love and she's, a, she's an amazing woman. Her name's Susan Lasseter Lyons. Uh, I I've interviewed her before and, uh, she's actually speaking at our event in October. I just talked to her today and she, uh, she wrote a book called getting the money. And okay. in there, there's a quote in there that says, how much are you making on your money now? And when it's in, like, if I asked my cousin that she'd probably be like half percent. And then her line right after that is what if I could double it? And she, they're like, oh, I'd love it if you could double it. That's 1%. Yeah. 
Right. Like sometimes they'll say 2% or 1%. And I mean, you could give somebody 4%. I remember my aunt came to me and she was like, oh, I would love 4%. And I, I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, in good faith, I have to give you 5% because I love you. Like, but 5% in my world is like people would die for that. They love it. So the long-winded answer to say, turn those people into investors in your business. Like the most powerful part of the IRA and 401k is that if you can show somebody else how to do this and unlock the potential and possibility for them to invest with you and show them some great returns, they will throw money at you nonstop. Like, I, I, honestly, I'm at a point now where it's like, I have too much money in my fix and flip business. We have started doing these apartment deals to figure out how to put more investor money in and how to build more depreciation for me. And it's, I mean, any deal that we do, we're overfunded right now because there's way more money out there than there is opportunities and deals. So wow. if you control the deal and the opportunity, it's an opportunity for them. You're not asking for a loan. You're, you're, you're presenting an opportunity for them to become involved in what you're doing. And that's when, that's when you can really start blowing up your business. You can show people how to use their IRA and 401k money because there's so much of that out there and a lot less people that just have money in their bank account like my cousin. Right on. So you alluded to your event in October. I want to share with everybody a little bit about uh, what that event is and what you, what you teach there because you have quite a big following. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we, um, it, this, this event that we do is called, uh, this is the fifth year that we've done it. It's called Flip Hacking Live. It's in, uh, it's in October. It's October 15th, 16th, and 17th. And, um, I, you know, we, my mastermind group is primarily wholesalers and flippers. Like, that's it. We, we, we have people that, that do apartment buildings, that have rental, big rental portfolios. i got a guy who's got 800 houses uh, in, in wow. Oklahoma. And so we, we have some of those folks, but they, they're, they're, like, they're there to learn how to acquire deals like marketing, sales, and the operational side of, of a single family fix and flip business primarily or a wholesaling business. Um, so sometimes people will come in just to learn how wholesalers work because they want to start finding and acquiring their own deals. So that's the primary, but this, this, this event that we do, I, I tell people, anybody should come to this. Like my mom came last year for the first time, my mom and dad, they were sitting like second row. They didn't want to sit in the front row. So they sat in second row. First time they ever saw me speak from stage. And um, it was really cool to see each day we kind of, uh, the next morning we have people come up to the microphone and just kind of share some of their takeaways. And my mom got up and I was like a little bit nervous about what she was going to say. Is she going to embarrass me, you know? And they, they know nothing about real estate. My dad filled up the entire notebook on real estate. And uh, my mom, my dad's an engineer his whole life. He was a submariner on the, in the Navy. Uh, mm -hmm. My mom was a homemaker and then started working part-time as and my dad was building his business and we, we didn't have any money. So um, she came up to the mic and just said, you know what? Like, the biggest thing that I'm getting here is like the personal development side of what I need to do. Um, she said, I've been really like sedative lately. I haven't been really motivated to go out and do much as we are getting older. I haven't really wanted to travel. She said, you know what? I'm going to change things leaving here. And like, I had tears in my eyes. I'm even kind of tearing up just talking about it is like the, the breakthrough that's possible at events like this. When you bring it, I bring in like, uh, like paid uh, motivational and public speakers, a couple of them mm -hmm. to really change the mindset and the structure. And then what we do is we, we, we teach the tactics and techniques. It's, it's called flip hacking live because we really like, just kind of like 
we're just hacking the pros. Like I put people up there that are doing millions of dollars a year and they're sharing mm -hmm. a system or a process or something they're using right now. And it's not one of those where you're like holding back some of it and like buy this thing afterwards. It's like buy your ticket and you, in that 30 minute span, you should be able to implement that entire system that they're doing that's making them a million dollars a year if you, if you just follow what they, what they teach. So I, I require them to not hold anything back on stage. Uh, in the military, we call it like opening the kimono. Uh, so um, that, that's the biggest thing. So it's three days long. It's, uh, they, we go long. We start um, somewhat early and go late. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. And this year we've, ha we've had to make a change. So uh, the last four years have been in San Diego in person. And then uh, I, had a, I had a choice to make about a month ago. And it was going to be in Orlando this year. And uh, we, I, everybody wants to do the event. They want to get together. They're kind of bummed that it's not in person. But when I, when I talk to the hotel and I talk to my the staff and my, my event planner and everybody, um, people don't want the event that we could provide for them. Like they think that they want to be in, they want 2019 Flip Hacking Live where we're hugging and high-fiving and handshaking and like sitting around and we're, we're doing all, we're having drinks yeah. and everything. <laughs> they don't want 2020 Flip Hacking Live. Like they want that because what this year was going to be is um, I, we have to take your temperature before you go in. You have to sit six feet apart. We can only have a certain number of people in the room. Um, we can't have any food at all. No food. We can't have the buffets. We can't have the lunches. We can't have any of that stuff. We can't have the cocktail reception. And so like, and, and you have to wear masks and you have to, you, you can't like handshake and you can't hug. And it's like, people think that they want, they want the 2019 version. So what we decided to do was um, we, we took it virtual, but it's not like a, uh, a Zoom call, like a three-day Zoom call or a three-day webinar where we talk at you. Um, we have an event planner that did Tony Robbins' event, uh, Unleash the Power from Within, that he did that had over 40,000 people on it. And um, he had, you know, a stage and a 360-degree camera and stuff like that. And he could see everybody on the screen and people follow. So we're building out a studio in Charlotte and we're going to present the event live from stage. And I'll be there. My staff will be there. All the keynote speakers are going to fly in uh, to be there too. And we're going to present the event and basically like stream it to you um, and you'll be a part of it. So it's an interactive virtual experience um, that you'll never have seen before, hopefully, unless you go to one of their events uh, in a different industry or went to Tony Robbins' event. But I can see everybody. I have uh, TV, even right here, I do a virtual events now. I have, uh, I have five monitors right here where if we had you know, 300 people on this call, I can see every single person's face um, from this, this studio that I have here in, in Spring Hill. Um, but we're going to fly to Charlotte. We built out a studio just for this, custom built it for us. Um, backup generators, hardwired ethernets, all this stuff. We actually check people in. We send them a box of stuff, send them a swag box, just like they showed up at the event to get their bag and check in and all that stuff. We're gamifying it. You get points and you can, we have giveaways and raffles and stuff, um, interactions, uh, small breakouts, networking sessions, um, question and answers, all the stuff that we can do live and even more because we can take people down specific tracks here that we wouldn't be able to do in one big building. So we can actually take wholesalers and give them something. We can take flippers and give them something else. We can do really cool stuff. We can have like uh, an assignment to kind of work on then share in a small group, then come back together and, and work on that as a, as a big group. Um, we'll have, you know, over a thousand people there probably. Um, so it's a really cool event. It's fun um, for anybody. And it's super cheap this year. It's like, uh, usually you got to pay for a hotel, you got to pay for a flight, you got to, you know, right. go down there, you got to negotiate five days away from your family, you're not sleeping in your bed, you're switching time zones, doing all this stuff. This time you can go, you can spend a little bit of money, you can tuck your kids in, sleep in your own bed, uh, do that kind of stuff. Uh, we probably will never have an opportunity to do this again. Um, and so we're going big, like it's going to be fun.
Right on. So if somebody wants to get a ticket, flip having flip hacking live.com. Is that where they can yeah, find do you a ticket? Can we give you guys a link to drive? Um, to- yeah, I'll post, I'll post a link in the comments for sure. But folks that might be listening to this later um, yeah. on the, on the audio, I just want to make sure that they are able to find you if they have more interest in the event. Uh, yeah. Bill, it's my mind is mush and blown. <laughs> just all everything that you shared with us about the, the IRAs and the 401ks especially has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, I can't, I think we might have to have you on again to go dive a little deeper with some of these financial strategies you've shared. Let's with do us. it. I love to talk about, I'll tell you what, when you, the problem is when we talk about money, like I light up, I absolutely love it. I love to help <laughs> other people figure out how to kind of like unlock their like freedom, financial freedom and, and just time freedom. That's, that's really what I try to focus on is, is how can we get to those people, to those places. It's not about, it might not be about building a seven figure business or eight figure business or, or whatnot. It's, it could just be about the fact that I want to play golf three days a week and I want to have right. a lifestyle business and that's okay too. Like not everybody wants to have 40, 50 employees and uh, flip 200 houses a year. And so um, that's, what's kind of cool about like coming to this event and being around other people that are in the same world. So, mm-hmm. but please like you use their link. Like I, I really, um, I really encourage you guys to do that. You can go to fliphackinglive.com and check it out, but you use the link that these folks have. You're, you're their people. I want to, um, I want to make sure that, um, that they know that you guys are going through their link, um, because that's, that's important to us. And, but it's a great event. I would highly encourage anybody come. It's $297 right now. Like the price goes up uh, as we get a little closer to October, but I mean, it's, that's, for the keynote, I, I haven't announced the keynote speakers that I have, but I have three like high pay, like phenomenal keynote speakers that will change your life at this event. Um, and so it's just seeing one of them will cost thousands of dollars for an individual to go see it at a typical event. So um, I highly encourage it. It's a, uh, yeah, I don't, I think everybody should go, but maybe I'm biased. Well, thanks again so much, Bill. Um, it's been great having you on. You guys that are listening to the podcast, if you if you have any questions um, that didn't get answered today, uh, feel free to reach out to B- Bill Allen. He's pretty easy to find on Facebook. And if you're part of our audience and uh, have any questions for me that I can answer for you, I'm pretty easy to find too. Wealthcapholdings.com backslash waitlist. We'll take you to my calendar and I'm happy to jump on a call and chat with you about whatever you want. So thanks again, Bill. We will, we're going to book you again so that we can dive deeper. All right. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. Discover how you can start building wealth with real estate, even without experience in our free book, why real estate and how to get started by visiting wealthcapholdings.com slash book. That's wealthcapholdings.com slash book.